Hello, and welcome to another episode of Donversations. Today's episode, we have Michelle Gano, and she is the creator of Fixer Upper Parenting. And it's an amazing service that she is doing for parents that are at their wits end with the way things are going with their kids, you know, the temper tantrums and attention span issues and all of it. So um, it's super interesting. And she has a lot to offer. So I'm anxious for you guys to hear it. Um, if you're new here, welcome. Thanks so much for uh, testing it out. I hope you like it. And if you're returning, thank you so much for listening and following me. I appreciate it so much. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Here we go. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you today? I'm doing good. You know, I was picturing your house, like trying to get, so you had some <laughs> quiet time, like are you shoving your kids in a closet? Or oh, for sure. My husband's upstairs. <laughs> I was like, well, all right, let's go people. Yeah. So the reason why I say that is why you're on today for the show is to talk about your little family that you've got and how chaotic it can be to have little ones that are so close in age. So tell me about how you got to where you're at. Like, okay, you met your husband. Yes, we did meet. And um, so we, <laughs> met, we met in college. And um, and I, so I grew up in a family with very close siblings as well, like in age. And so it was always something that like I wanted. And obviously you can't always control that, but um, right. It just happened to work out that way. Uh, so yeah, so we met and um, we lived in two different states after for we did a little bit of long distance and survived that, thank God. And, um, <laughs> and then yeah, I moved uh, where he is and, in New Jersey. And, um, and then we yeah, just started popping out babies, I guess is uh, the short way of saying it. <laughs> uh, did he grow up in a big family? No, he had only a brother. And so he was definitely, I was definitely the baby crazy one in the relationship. <laughs> and he was the one who totally supported me and went along with it That's and now so loves funny. it. So, well, so I'm sure people ask, are you guys planning on having any more? No, I would say we are happy with what we have here. Um, yeah, definitely. No, we're okay. Very happy so now. your kids are three and a half, one mm. and a half, and two months or three months now. She's almost three months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I had my kids the same. It's, it's a crazy, like you will look back on this time. I kid you not. And you will be like, who was that person? How the heck did we do it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, but it's so rewarding too. I mean, cause like, you know, now you've got as many kids as you want to have and mm -hmm. you just, you plug along and every, what do they say? The saying is, um, the days are long, but the years are short yes, and it is definitely. so accurate because oh, you just are spinning. Your mind is spinning. You're trying to take care of these little kids. And so what got you to do this fixer upper do what inspired you to do this? Yeah, so that um, inspiration came from a, a few different areas. So I was okay. a former teacher and um, and really in the course, I help teachers and parents mostly um, with behavior management and creating like special moments with your kids intentionally because the years do go go by so quickly and 
I want people to actually enjoy them, right? Instead of like dreading the day or just trying to get through it. So that's really where it came from. So I had a lot of students in my class. I was like the teacher who had the patience for all of what they call the tough kids. And so I got them every year, but I secretly loved it because I just taught them in a different way. And I really addressed like their emotional needs more than their academic needs a lot of times. And I just found that that um, bond that I created in my classroom among like just parent, not parent, I was their school mom, but teacher to child, but also like child to child relationships were stronger because of it. So I just created a ton of activities on the spot that helped create that type of environment and, um, and help them grow in those areas. And so I started doing it with my own kids as they started, um, becoming of age and, and I just got really excited and I was like, you know what, this could really help a lot of people. And I'm not a teacher anymore, but this is my way of reaching many more children than I could ever do in one year as a teacher. And so that's really where the inspiration came from. Like all those tough behaviors that turned into like my biggest accomplishments. It was like emotionally draining, uh, for sure, just because I cared so much. Um, right. but, but it definitely was very rewarding. These, um, kids that had, that were challenging, mm-hmm. what, was there a pattern? Was there like, it was it always maybe attention issues with their attention span or like, did you see that there was a common denominator with all these kids? Um, so the kids that I worked with specifically, definitely attention, um, like having a hard time just keeping up. Uh, but also a lot of the kids that I worked with came from, um, challenging home lives. And so that's where I saw, um, like they really did look at me as a mother figure and I, and I took that very seriously. Um, and so, yeah, I, I feel like that was honestly the common denominator, but also I, I worked with kids with great home lives and their challenge, like they, their behavior was still challenging in a certain way too. So it really is anywhere. It's not just the home environment, but, um, but that definitely had a piece in some of the kids that I worked with. Gosh. And that's just so hard when you have a bleeding heart like that. Cause you just want to take them home with you. I'm sure. Just be oh, like, for sure. oh, I was like, come live with me. <laughs> oh, literally. I, there's this one student that I was looking into foster care. Like, how do I make this happen? And I just remember my principal was like, look, you can't work here. If you end up taking him into foster care, like that's a violation of something. And I was like, Fine, bring it. It's <laughs> like I just want this kid to be safe. <laughs> oh gosh, so, that's so yeah, hard. So I was definitely that that far in emotionally. Are, are the people that um, seek you out? Are they at their wits' end mostly, or are there people that are proactive? Like I don't want it to get to the point where my house is insane. I want to be, you know, ahead of the game with this. Yeah, so most are at the wit's end. <laughs> like, because think about when you're Googling for help, right? You're not like, oh, let me see how I can, whatever, proactively <laughs> so handle my child. It's like, as a parent, you're just like, oh my God, I need help now. Help me. <laughs> right, so, right. That's usually the direction we're going. <laughs> So what is the, what do you think is the first step that you um, take with most people when they come to you and they are at their wit's end like that? Yeah. So I always like to just um, start out with like visualizing 
um, where they're at right now. So like what, what is going on? What are the challenges and just address them, like verbalize them. And that could be like within themselves, because a lot of the times with parenting, like I find it in my own parenting, I'm like being triggered by my childhood issues. Right. And so it's like, it's a, it's a battle (laughs) in that way. So you have to address your own needs like emotionally, and then also figure out your kids. So it's really just identifying like, what is the current state in your home, where it's coming from? And then like, what's that ideal version so that we can have an end point or a goal to reach for. Sure. Um, So that really is the start of it. So, and this isn't to um, diss your parents or anything, but did you grow up in a strict home? Are you trying to change the way that you were raised and do it differently with your kids? For sure. <laughs> um, and okay. I love my okay. parents. They are fantastic grandparents. But as a like child growing up in my home, I would say I, I lived two different childhoods where um, like the beginning part was very uh, like warm and loving and and just very fun-filled memories. And then um, actually after 9-11, we, my, my dad was in the Twin Towers that day. So <gasps> he just came home a very different person. And, and it was very evident in our home that that tension just created not I, a loving place. I am just beyond words right now. I cannot even fathom what that was like for your dad. Exactly. And, and that's what I, as an adult now, like as a child, I would be blaming and like angry. And, but now as an adult, I'm like, oh my God, I can't even imagine what he experienced that day to then cause the ripple effect that it caused right in our own lives. So I have such a better understanding now, but yeah, I definitely am trying to do things differently because if I'm ever experiencing challenges, which I absolutely do in my own life, not to that extreme, but just other challenges, I, I try to address them so that it doesn't then affect my kids in the same way. So that's definitely like top of mind when I'm parenting. Well, and it sounds like a cop out, you know, sometimes, but it's just like, when you're in it, you're doing the best you can, you know, like I look back on things like, Oh, I, I wish I could have done this better or done this differently. But at the time, you know, it's just like, you're just, you're doing your best and that's all you can do. And that might not what your kid needs, but it's what all you have. And so, um, it's, it's like I said, this isn't to diss your parents at all, or my parents are growing up, you know, it's just, you, you look back on it and say, yeah, you know, that's just not how I want to do it. I want to do it differently. Yeah. And I feel like we have a better understanding now of just like, I don't know, mental health in general. So it's like when I was growing up, that wasn't really a thing. I feel like in my home, it was very much like, if you're feeling stressed, stuff it and don't like address it and don't talk about it. Whereas in my house, it's like when I, it's funny, not funny, but like I had, (laughs) I used to have panic attacks a lot, but I haven't in so long. And I did the other day and it was a, a minor one, but it was interesting because my son was there. And of course I knew that as it was happening, but it's just, it was, um, yeah, a lot was just coming down on my mind. And, but I was so in a way grateful that that happened because immediately his reaction, three and a half years old was, 
saying, saying to my husband, like, I told mommy to calm her body. Cause that's something that I do with him when he's like, upset. And, and he was like, mommy, come here. It's okay. And like, he was very comforting, which sounds so odd, but I'm like, that's almost not a bad thing for him to see because it's right. the way that we react to it. That is the lesson. Kids are so intuitive. Oh, I mean, gosh. they really are. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're, oh. they, they know how to read their parents. I think parents just think kids are so oblivious and just in la la land, but they are observing 100% because they're so in the present. Mm-hmm. They're not thinking about what school's going to be like when they're yeah. older yeah. and you know, they're just <laughs> living their best life. So yeah. when did you start having panic attacks? Um, I, well, definitely the 9-11 situation <laughs> that was, yeah, that was a very dark time. So it's like, you hear me now and I'm all bubbly and uh, right. full of life, but there was definitely a portion of that time where um, like middle school, high school was just very dark for me. Um, and that's just kind of the best way to put it. But I'm, I'm just glad that like, I'm at the place where I am now where sure. it does happen. It's so far and few between whatever that phrase is. Yeah, right, you know, right, right. It just doesn't happen a lot. But when it does, I'm like, okay, I need to address something because clearly I just, I didn't address it early enough to avoid that. So did you end up seeking therapy and stuff for it? Or did you just deal with it yourself? I honestly, so I'm a big, um, I didn't do therapy, but I did do, um, I love like self-help books. Once I discovered those, I just, oh, it opened up a world for me that just was very comforting. And another thing I did was in college, actually, um, my school had a retreat center and I started going to those retreats and it would be like little weekend retreats. And that was such like an interesting experience because that's when everything kind of bubbled up to the surface where I was like, wow, this is what I need to address. And this is what I need to address from my childhood. And, and I was able to do so. So I found a lot of comfort um, and just healing in, in those weekends away, uh, just kind of like going through what has happened in my life and how to move forward. And nobody wants to do that. That's the thing. People are like, no, I, I don't want to go deep, but it's like the deeper you go, the lighter you feel you, you got to get in there because the more stuff that you bring up, you can just get rid of it or at least suppress it to a a good point where you can function. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and you do carry that over into your daily life, whether you realize it or not, you know, you might think, oh, I'll just shove that down, but it's going to, spill out at some point and it could end up spilling out to your kids and you don't want that. They don't deserve exactly. that. Yeah, absolutely. Cause those are those moments that you're like, Oh, it shouldn't have affected them. You know, like that was my problem, not theirs. <laughs> and then right. their faces are just looking at you and it's like, no, that's what I wanted to avoid. Right. So. Do you think that that's the biggest challenge then is to having the parents address their issues over what's going on with their kid? Honestly, I would say so. And, yeah. and I think like opening your eyes to um, like one of the activities that I have in my course, and it's by far my favorite one. Um, I did it with my class every year because picture having 25 kids in a room, all needing attention in different ways and feeling loved differently. And so I came up with this um, like little activity that they would write out how they felt loved by the people in their life. So I, it would say like, I feel loved. Um, I love when Mrs. Gano does blank for me and, um, or I love when my mom does whatever. And, 
it's so interesting to see what they wrote because it really kind of goes with the, have you ever read the five love languages with Gary yeah. Chapman? So it aligned so perfectly with that. And, um, and there's a version of that book for kids too. It's really cool because it, as you're reading it, you just start to think about certain kids in your life, especially as a teacher and, and you can identify like who needs what at that point. And so, um, so I really loved that activity with my kids because it's like a lot of people, whenever I share this activity, they're like, I would never even think to ask my kid that. And it's, it's true. It's like, we didn't like our parents didn't ask us that simple question, but it can make all the difference, right? So where my parents, when I was growing up, were, were probably loving me in a way that they were like, yeah, of course I'm loving Michelle. But in my eyes, I was like, I don't feel loved, like, because it wasn't matching how I felt loved. Um, but that stuff is so fascinating to me, all same. the love language. Up. Yeah, me too. And so that's why I like anything that I took, like read in a self-help book, I would then apply it to the kids. And it was just so cool to see simple conversations and activities and um, little like printable resources I made that it, it can make all the difference to a child who's like truly struggling. How long does it take for people to go through your, your course that you offer? Yeah, so it really varies on um, on them. So there's 10 lessons. And the nice part about it is each lesson has a video that's like no more than it's usually like 10 minutes long because I tried to keep it quick and like productive um, and just a lot of action steps. And then there's printable resources right within it. So it just depends on how they go through it. Uh, so some people take it like one lesson per week. Some people do it a lot quicker. Um, so it really just depends on um like the, the time that they're able to put into it. Right. And it's worth it. It's worth the time. Oh, completely. you know, if it makes your life easier. What do you think is the biggest challenge for you right now at the ages that your kids are? Um, I would say, so, oh man. <laughs> um, I would say with my daughter right now, she's one and a half. And um, so she is starting to talk, but I would say she's, screaming a lot because I know she's wanting to communicate more than she's able to. So that that's our challenge with her right now. Um, but, but I know that she's so close to like fully talking because she's actually picking it up really quickly. Uh -huh. So I'm like, all right, we're so close. <laughs> we're almost there. <laughs> we're almost at that next phase. And that was my, my favorite son, age. Oh yeah. Oh, it's such a fun one. And then my son is three and a half. He is definitely like our challenge with him is um, like grabbing things from his sister when they're playing. So that's our like, ah, moment every day <laughs> oh <my laughs> that we're just <laughs> trying to get through. We're like, okay, he's just learning to share. So that's, that's something that we're working on with him. Yeah. I, um, I'm a nanny right now and it's so fun to kind of because I'm a grandma too. So it's so fun to actually not have all that stress of, I got to go to work. I got to do this. I have, you know, I can actually just like sit there with them. Enjoy, and yes. yeah. And I come up with like all these little ideas. I'm like, I wish I would have thought of that when I was having my kids, but I think your brain is just so full of so many things. Yeah. You just sometimes can't see what's happening right in front of you. So the little boy that I nanny, he likes to take toys away from his sister. So I told him, if you want to take that away from her, give her something else. Yep, so, that's what we do. <laughs> yep. So I mean, and I was like, why didn't I think of that when my kids were growing up? I'd be like, yeah, to your sister. You're you know? your head off. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh gosh. So how do you punish your your three year old when he, when he's being naughty? Yeah. So honestly, we've tried all different things. So we've tried the whole timeout thing. We've tried um, like. And I just don't find that that works with him yet because he just doesn't get it yet. Um, mm-hmm. And, or he can't stay in a place for that long <laughs> attention. Right. So I actually take the approach that I used to take with my class and it might be early for him, but I'm trying it and seeing how it comes out. But um, I just like to talk to him like a person, right. And be, and just talk about the feelings. Cause I'm big on feelings too. And just helping him, like if she's crying, which it usually ends with her crying, I'll say, oh my gosh, look at her face. She's so upset. What can we do to help her? And oh. almost like put it back on him. And it's really cool because of course, sometimes, I mean, he's three and a half. He'll, he'll fight that a little bit or not yes. hold along, but <laughs> I'm not going to say, oh, it's all roses. But, um, right. but when he does respond, he'll, he'll react in a way where he'll be like, give another toy or, um, or give her a hug or, uh, things like that. So I, I love doing that where it's almost like having the conversation. Cause I think removing them freaks him out more. And it's not like a lesson learned at that point. Cause when we did that phase of like, Oh, let's try timeout for a little while. He was worse. I thought, um, because then he was like being removed from us instead of just being like taught what the lesson was. Right. Well, and I had heard from somebody, it was a psychologist that I talked to and they said that like the silent treatment is almost the worst punishment you can give anybody, whether it's you not talking to your husband because you're mad at him or, you know, whatever. So the, the timeout is kind of like that. It's like, I am separating you from everyone else and no one's going to talk to you. And, Mm -hmm. and that can be really devastating for a child. Yeah. It's freaky. It's like, they don't understand what's happening. So that's why I try to do, like I explained, um, just kind of put it back on him. Like, Oh no, what can we do? Like, she's so sad or, and kind of go with that. Yeah. How long did you teach? Um, I taught for six years, I think, six or seven years. Are you um, going to go back to it at all, do you? So right <laughs> now, I'm in this weird, yeah, I'm in a weird phase where I'm like, maybe one day down the line, I would go back. Um, but I'm actually looking to do homeschooling with my kids, at least to start, because I just, this is the way that I teach taught in my classroom. And I'm like, I want them to get all of this and more that isn't taught in school. So I'm kind of going with that right now <laughs> and we'll see uh, and doing all of this. So I'm loving what I'm doing right now, um, but I would never say I would never go back, you know, uh, right. maybe down the line when the kids are a little older, I would be like, all right, you know what, let's go back and, and try it um, again. But I definitely have a lot on my plate. That's the, the thing that I love about what I'm doing now is I mentioned it before, but I'm reaching so many more kids. Like I was the teacher who, oh my gosh, when I was in the classroom, I would see kids in other classes with really struggling emotionally. And I would be like, oh my gosh, I wish they were in my class. Like, and I just wanted to teach the whole school and, and obviously you can't. And so in this way, I'm like, I can reach more kids than 25 a year. And to me, that's, well beyond what I could do as a teacher. I love that. That is amazing. You are doing such a huge service because you're getting to people when they're at their most vulnerable and helping their children before they get into the school system where when they start acting like that, 
you know, it can either get them in trouble or they have a hard time making friends. And that's, that's so devastating as a child, you know, to be shunned by your peers or, you know, you get in trouble at school and have to tell your parents. And Mm -hmm. so you're doing such a huge service. That's amazing. Yeah. And I think what, like the things that I have in here too, also teach kids about empathy. And that's something that isn't really explicitly taught in school. Uh, usually. And like, I'm thinking of this one student in particular, and um, he had panic attacks every single day. And I would literally have to hold him through. Um, So that obviously took away from the class. um, But I would always end it with them joining and like having and being like, guys, everyone, let's just come sit down on the carpet. Let's talk. And, And we would always just talk like, and Instead of singling him out as the bad kid, I would say, okay, he was clearly scared today. And and like, what scared you? Or if he didn't want to talk, I wouldn't make him. But I would say, raise your hand if you've ever had something that like really scared you. And every hand would go up. And then you would see the commonality between them. And so it like that was more powerful than being like, oh, memorize your fractions today, you know? (laughs) Oh, a hundred percent. So yeah, so I feel like they walked away with lessons like that, um, that were pretty, pretty cool to see in the making. Oh, I'm sure the light bulbs go off for these parents a a million times, just like, Mm -hmm. wow, I wish somebody would have dealt with me that way when I was a kid. Oh, completely. (laughs) Yeah, that's where some of the inspiration came from, right? So That's awesome. Well, tell, tell my audience where they can find you. Cause I think what you're doing is amazing. Thank you. I really do appreciate your support. Um, it's fixerupperparenting.com and I'm on Instagram at fixerupperparenting. So, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Michelle, thank you so much for taking time. I understand your house is busy and your time is very valuable. So I appreciate you taking that time to talk to me today. Of course, this is super important to me. Yeah, it is. And um, I will be in touch and let you know when I'm about to air it. And I'll make sure I put everything in the show notes so people know how to find you. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank All you right. so much. All right. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yo. Bye.